Cradio.org.au I would like to talk to you at length. I would like to listen to you and know what you think about yourselves and the world. But the time I have been given is so short. You who feel the need for healing, the need for love, the need for a friend, for Christ. Perhaps I love you more. Living the Legacy, an exploration of the charisms of Blessed John Paul II with Sister Bernadette Pike. Welcome back to Cradio. My name's Sister Bernadette Pike. I'm a John Paul II sister, and you're joining us for a series on the spirit of John Paul II. This is the fourth talk in a series of talks to try and understand the charism, the special gift of the Holy Spirit through John Paul II, charism of John Paul II. And we spent the first two talks as an introduction to that charism. In the last talk, we were talking about the importance on turning our attention to man, but first on man with a capital M, to Christ, who reveals man to himself and makes his supreme calling clear. So it was kind of theoretical and a bit heady, and we haven't launched out into the practical, concrete way of being, this this charism, in terms of the way of being and understanding what that looks like. So I ask you to be patient because we've got one more talk before we do get to that, and because it is really important when we when we look at this way of being to be mindful of the relevance of man's call to be in relationship union with god participation community these themes were so crucial for john paul ii in all of his writings and in all of his, all of what he did and so when we say a way of being when he would say that his charism is a way of being in the church it's all this way of being is always in relation to the other, to God, to the other person, to ourselves. It's, it's, it's a relationship. And so we need now to just turn our attention to why that's so central. We begin by looking at or calling to mind the fact that it's not good for man to be alone, Genesis 2. I enjoy having discussions with people about whether the whether God actually intends for anyone to be single, to be alone. And I fall in the camp, people that don't believe that the single life is a vocation in the sense that it's a calling from God. Yes, it's a state of life, a state that we find ourselves in because of the circumstances of our life. But it's from the beginning when God created us, he intended for us to be in relationship, not to be islands, to be alone. We all know the experience of being alone and the desire to be in a secure and loving relationship. But perhaps we're less aware of how dangerous it is for us to go without this. Remember, we're not just talking about interacting with others. We're talking about having a personal connection or what John Paul II refers to as participating in the humanity of the other person. So we want to look in this talk today both at 
what does it mean to be called into relationship? What does that mean for the human person? And also, what are the gifts? What what do we actually receive? If we enter into relationship, what do we receive? But just before I do that, I, I just want to encourage you to think about how open are you to relationships? Are there times where you find yourself shutting yourself off, um, withdrawing, uh, different different forms of alienation which we'll get to later which don't constitute participating in the humanity of other people and I want to use a concrete example that is really alive to me over here in the states where I'm studying at the moment the first place I was studying at after I'd share a meal with the girls I was living at I would um, in the beginning I didn't even ask I was just taking the plates when we'd finish eating I would take the plates of the person sitting next to me and I've learned now to ask but it, I was so surprised by the response of the girls to my gesture to help them to take their plate for them and to put it away for them. Some of them had a lot of difficulty handing over the plates and I was there for four months and even by the time I left, some of them still couldn't give me the plate. It was still something they wanted to be able to do for themselves. It was so difficult for them to allow someone to help them. Even when I got to the point where I was saying, can I take your plate for you? Can I help you? Um even when the invite, it was put out as an invitation, sometimes it's just so difficult for us to allow the love to come in, to allow someone to, or for, for them to move towards us or for us to move towards other people in intimacy. So I really encourage you to, to, to think about maybe, am I really open to participating in community with other people? And in the ways that I'm not, what does that look like in my life? So, okay. So what are we made for? At a Embrace the Grace conference in Perth, a youth conference a few years ago, I um I was going around at the conference saying, what are we made for? And everyone was supposed to yell out after me, union with God. It didn't really catch on as I kind of hoped it would, but <laughs> the point was to try and help us to remember that the the whole meaning of our existence, the whole reason we exist is to enter into relationship, to enter into communion with God himself, which is a participation in the life of the Blessed Trinity. We can see, I don't know if you've seen the Rublev icon of the Trinity, but it's such a good, um, in reflecting on this vocation to enter into this primary vocation or calling to enter into relationship with God, it portrays this so well because you see the three persons sitting around a table and at the front of the image there's a blank spot for us for us to sit and to join in this with this relationship, which is an extraordinary thing if you think about it. In all our humanness and our mistakes that we made, the Lord loves us so much that he made it possible through his death and resurrection, he made it possible for us to enter into relationship with him. And he is constantly calling us to that. It's, it's For me, it's an extraordinary thing. It's really an amazing thing. So Jesus prayed to the Father, that they may be one as you and I are one in John seventeen twenty two, And the blessed John Paul II often made reference to this scripture to highlight to everybody that he spoke to the, the importance of entering into relationship with God. And he says in, or it says in Gaudium, it says, the dignity of man rests above all on this fact that he's called into communion with God. 
Now, I don't know about any of you, but I have certainly fallen prey to the, te- the temptation that, well, you know, I-, I can just be like the saints. I can just enter into prayer and, you know, all I need is God. I don't have to be vulnerable with other people. It's, I mean, it even says in the scriptures, don't rely on man and, you know, don't put your trust in man and in princes of this world. And, you know, so I'm just going to trust in God and I'm going to keep turning to God with all my problems and He's the only one that I'm going to let's see the the problems that are going on within me. It's a very, very easy um, and dangerous temptation to succumb to. In Sources of Renewal, though, the Holy Father reminds us, this intimately personal vocation of man, that is to communion to God, which is what we were just talking about, is the main theme of the gospel. However, it must be realized in communion with other men and therefore our vocation is a vocation to communal life. So this is really, really important because it's such a central message in what the Holy Spirit was saying to us through John Paul II. The importance of entering into relationship with other people. In societies like Australia and America where I am now, we've become so either the two other extremes so either fiercely independent um so being unable to let someone take my plate for me for example is just one tiny example of this um but and on the other side of the spectrum we've become often codependent and it can happen within the same person at different stages in their life too but there's this difficulty in flipping either between this unhealthy dependency and this independency, rather than learning how to be um, interdependent in the middle. So how do we learn to relate to one another, to receive the help of one another without seeing them as the source of our comfort, without, you know, we need to be able to go out and to receive God through the other person without the other person becoming a God to us. So each of the members of the body needs others, the other members of the body. As a hand, I don't make sense without the rest of the body. Not only can I, I'm probably not really the hand, I'm probably more like the nose or I don't know. <laughs> Maybe as um, if, if we consider we have the charism of John Paul II and a call to this community or this to the missionaries of the gospel. Anyway, my point is that we, whatever part of the body we form, all the parts are necessary and need to rely on one another. Not only can I not function to my full potential without the rest of the body, I can't live at all. So even if the the hand or the eye is separated from the body, it doesn't continue to live. It, it can't perform the function. So you can just, I'm sure you can identify people in your life and even maybe times in your own life too where you were disconnected from the mystical body of Christ when you were disconnected from the communion of saints from the the rest of the body of Christ and there was there was, it felt like there was no heart there was no life and so what we're, we're being called to here is to connect back to that now from to be in relationship with the other you would hope that you would have learnt how to do that from a very young age and we have to develop those skills to know how to do that as well Another way of looking at this is to say that we have to be first loved in order to be able to love other people. We know there are so many cranky and bitter people in the world. They're so angry at the world. Nothing's good enough for them. 
They can't give the love. We have to remember they can't give love that they haven't yet received. We could say they've had a rough upbringing and of course it's important to take into account all of what's happened before. But every person, no matter what they've been through, is capable of exercising their free will and choosing to open up their hearts to others and accept the love that God is so desperate to give them. And he provides opportunities for us all the time. It's not like you get to a a cranky bitter stage and that's it. God's, well, you're cranky now. I'm out of here. God is constantly talking to us. It's like we were saying before, it's whether or not our hearts have been hardened and we can't even hear him speaking to us anymore. So when we see wounded people in the street, we have to recognize that they need to be loved and we need to be brave to make that first move. Of course, we don't want to become a doormat, but with appropriate boundaries, we need to be brave enough to go out of ourselves to help people to see that they're lovable. And I just, I feel like even when you sit on the train nowadays, it's such a good example. If you look around, you can almost see the emptiness and the sadness of the fa- in the faces of the people that sit around you. There's this desperate need to be loved, to be affirmed, to be reminded of, and of how lovable they are, but even taught um, how to love, how to enter into relationship with other people through that experience. I just want to use an example at this um, moment too. Before I made vows, I was very nervous about taking on the habit. I wear a royal blue tunic and capuch and a white veil. So you you can't really miss me in a crowd. I kind of stick out like a sore thumb. So I was really, really nervous about putting on this habit and walking around on the streets in Australia because it's just so rare and it I was really worried about the reactions of people and I was getting really nervous about it. I got to, I mean, I I think it's a good thing for sisters to be able to wear a habit, but I I got to the point where I was like, Lord, you know, I know this is a good idea and that you might want it, but I am really, really struggling with this. I really don't want to do it. And on the retreat, so we go on a retreat before we make our vows and on that retreat in prayer, I really felt like a blessed mother said to me, Sister Bernadette, When they look at you and they're upset, that's your opportunity to love them. And if they're really angry when they look at you, they need to be loved even more. So this is really a a crucial message for all of us. When we're walking along the street and people look at us funny or whether it's our perception or the reality, our response to that should be first, how can I love that person? Now, I'm not necessarily going to go and talk to them or But even with my eyes, how do I communicate to that person that they're lovable? Can I pray for them? Yes. But in that moment, if I get an opportunity and they look at me, how can I actually let them know that that they are special and they're worthy of love? They were created for love. So going back to this point, we, we need to allow ourselves to be loved in order to grow in this capacity to be a gift to the other person in relationship we need to constantly be allowing the Lord to, to get through the cracks of our heart to communicate how much he cares for us. And allowing ourselves to be loved is actually a form of giving of self. So I want to just briefly explain what the Holy Father means when he talks about participation in the other person's humanity. And as I'm talking here, I'm referring to the person in community that the Holy Father gave when he was Karol Wojtyla prior to becoming a Pope. 
he explains that in the participation of in the other person's humanity, I still know that the other is constituted in a similar fashion, but they're not just others sharing in a common humanity. It's not just a matter of understanding the essence of the human per, human being, which is a universal concept of human being, but the other person is another I. So the human beings, another I in all their subjective reality. So he says, the human beings mutually reveal themselves to one another in their personal human subjectivity and all that goes to make up this subjectivity. So when we're with the other person, we reveal ourselves. We accept that other person for all that we see and we affirm that other person in all the truth of their humanity, not just their objective humanity, but even in their very subject of humanity, who they are personally, their unique identity. When this happens in a relationship, when we can enter into this level of intimacy and open up, the relationship, the Holy Father explains, it creates a greater bond and it takes on a character of trust. And in this, um, in this there's a special kind of belonging that we all long for. The closer we are, there is a greater need for mutual acceptance and affirmation of our personal subjectivities. The more I have this need to be affirmed in that because I'm I'm revealing to you parts of myself that I normally keep hidden. So there's a need for you to to affirm that and to accept that. If you have an attitude of use and seeing people as objects, if you've been trained to look at people like that, for example, if you have an addiction to pornography or and you've been trained to see people as objects for your own sexual gratification, which is very common nowadays, it's very, very hard to, um, or arguably impossible, to see the reality of that person beyond what you've, beyond because of the, the sexual drive is so strong, it's very hard to see beyond that and to see them as a subject, to see them in all their personal subjectivity, to be able to, if they start to reveal themselves, to be able to affirm that, to see it and to affirm it and to respond to it in a loving way. But it's necessary, this kind of revelation of ourselves to others is necessary to um, become mutually responsible for the other person, to understand that they, this person is created for love, for their own sake, not for my sake, but for their own sake. And I have a responsibility to them. So, and this is this comes to life in... Um, John Paul II's book, Love and Responsibility, where he introduces his personalistic norm, this idea of treating other people, being a gift of self and treating them as a subject um, and being responsible in our love for others. So I encourage you to read that if you get a chance. So this, the, so the idea of being in relationship that we're talking about here is really, really important because as we open up to others and, and enter into relationship as we're describing here we not only come to see ourselves and to realize that we're lovable but we also fulfill the meaning of our existence now that's a that's kind of a might seem like a big jump but the church teaches and has has taught emphatically since the vatican council that we the human person realizes themselves in the gift of self, 
not through succeeding in work, buying certain things, doing certain things, having certain things, but in being his humanity by living out the nature, the reality of his nature, human nature, which is made to be a gift to self, which is made to give itself, to give away to the other person. In Person in Community, Wojtyla said, people fulfill themselves in and through community with others, and this seems beyond doubt. We can call to mind, for example, the change we often see in men and women when they become parents. So if you're a parent, perhaps you can relate to this. You, When your child is born, it requires all kinds of sacrifices and a giving of yourself that you beforehand it had never been required of you so you discover parts of yourself that you didn't even know existed you just you discover a capacity to love and to give to put aside your own desires um, in a way that you may never have realized before it's a very powerful this way of giving to your child is very powerful way of revealing to you yourself and your the meaning of your existence in Gaudium et Spes, in the Vatican document I've been referring to at 24, there's another quote that is constantly referred to throughout the writings of John Paul II. Man who is the only creature on earth which God willed for itself cannot fully find himself except through the sincere gift of self. And in opening up, so that's the enclosed quote, in opening up ourselves to God and to others in being a gift of self, we don't just realize our humanity and the meaning of our existence. Through this process, we actually image the Trinity more fully. That exchange of love between the three persons of our Trinitarian God, we image that more fully. And furthermore, we experience a taste of that eternal communion. We, so we're not just called to be with God in heaven if we learn this way of being in relationships, if we learn intimacy to participate in the humanity of the other person, not only do we grow in our fulfillment and our own personal flourishing, we experience God now. We have a taste of heaven now. Okay, so we're going to finish this talk here. And in the next talk, we're going to look at what does that look like in practice we've got one more kind of theory talk before we actually go into the concrete practice but we want to roughly overview John Paul II's way of being in relationship of participating in the humanity of the other and, and try to elaborate on that a little bit to understand that a little bit more and to understand how that might be um, a little bit different from what we're often experiencing in the church nowadays so I thank you if you've um, journeyed with us so far, I affirm your patience <laughs> and I look forward to your feedback as well too. So let's just finish with a prayer together. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. We give you thanks, Lord Jesus, for calling us to be in relationship with you, for creating us with the capacity, especially after the gift of redemption, to, to enter into communion with you. We pray, Lord, that you help us to do this in our lives, especially through our relationships with other people. Lord, we pray that through our relationships with other people, you would help us to open up to you in them. Help us to participate in the humanity of others, to receive love in all the ways that you try to show it to us. 
through other people, through all the circumstances of our life. And help us to give that to other people too. When we sit on a train and at each of the moments of our life, Lord, help us to love people, to, to be a gift of self to them and to learn more fully what it means, what this way of being in the church, way of being in relationship with others means for us personally in the way you've called to live out our vocation. We ask this through our Blessed Mother and through the intercession of John Paul II. Amen the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to Living the Legacy with Sister Bernadette Pike. For more, go to cradio.org.au.